Sleeper in the Bust podcast. It's your Sunday edition coming to you on a Monday because I was too tired after flying, frankly. Uh, I am Paul Spore, joined as always on Sundays, now Mondays, with Jason Collette. Jason, how are you? My boyfriend, Clay Buckholz, is on fire this spring. I am fan-freaking-tastic. You know what? I'm still going to let you have him. But yeah, he's 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 off to a, a great start. And you know how much you and I care about spring training numbers. So we're definitely we're putting a lot of stock into that. You know, there, there's going to come another time when that guy's going to burn me, though. So maybe it will be this year because I'm just so against him. Cause I you know, what? I've, I've come up with your boyfriend, though. I, I, I talked about this on a podcast that I did earlier tonight. The NL version of my boyfriend, Clay Buckholz, is our boyfriend, Jason Hamill. Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I, I, I can't. That guy, all over the place. I mean, and getting him everywhere I can. I really think he's going to do some things. We'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm confident with him returning. Jason, we're going to dive into some news. And the unfortunate part about spring training, you know, baseball's back on, draft season's kicking up. The, the, the unfortunate part is that when there's news, it's very rarely going to be good in March um, because we don't care who's going four for four. We don't care. We really don't care who's throwing three scoreless or no hit innings. So the fact that there's news usually means it's bad. And we start off really bad with a guy that we've both trumpeted, Denard Spann. He's going to have core surgery, and it looks like it's going to cost him four to six weeks. How do you feel about that as it relates to Michael Taylor? Because this really opens up a window for him now with two outfielders out. Now, they're out at the same time, but he's going to get a lot of time. Uh, Michael Taylor is going to get a lot of time with both Worth and Span out for we – don't, we don't really know how long exactly just yet. Well, so he's going to get – Actually, three, too, because Nate McCluth's on that depth chart, and he's out, too. Oh, wow. See, I, I'd seen him at the top of the order on roster resource today. Well, so. he's, got a, he's got a shoulder issue, and that's one of the reasons why they went out and got – Tony Gwynn Jr., but all of the stuff that we've talked to you about over the last month, we've written about, talked about, saying that save your money, don't draft Ben Revere, and go get Denard Spam. Just kind of throw that out the window Absolutely. now <laughs> because with the time missed, there goes there goes the difference in, in production, which sucks. I mean, I really like this guy coming into this year. I haven't really haven't been able to get too many shares of him uh, because other people have been grabbing him just before me what happens when you talk about a guy that much exactly but this sucks this sucks i mean i was really high on this guy and he's gonna miss he's gonna miss uh two three weeks to start the season yeah and that's obviously you've preached this as much as anybody that's on the low end you know we can't always just take the first uh timetable that they give as bible and, and build that in and especially in these pre in these uh preseason ones you don't just want to go out and say okay it's gonna only be two to three weeks i only have to plan for that Okay, maybe that's all you have to plan for, but be ready in case it's a month, and then maybe it extends out. You know, we don't know how much it's going to affect him. Look at what it did to Justin Verlander. Again, that's hitter versus pitcher, so it's a little bit different. Additionally, he's not a power guy, so it might not affect an art span quite as much, but we don't know. For me, Michael Taylor has now become a, a must in late uh, drafts. Maybe 12-teamer you can pass. There's probably still enough, but anything bigger than that, and of course a mono league, NL only, I'm, I'm, I'm targeting him for a few bucks even. But in deep mixed leagues, uh, i.e. tout mixed tomorrow, I'm going to be taking a look. Well, he, he went for a dollar in NL labor to the um, ever ever sharp Colton and Wolfman and, and Stacey Stern trio. Fantastic so that's a nice pickup. play. It's a nice playing time for them, considering they're very top-heavy outfield. But th now they've got three starter outfielders, possibly four there. So it's a good situation for him. If you think about where the Nationals were depth chart-wise four or five months ago, maybe there's some regret that they traded, or some short-term regrets they traded uh, Steven Souza because they could have had him in this lineup right now too. They traded him because they thought they were too deep, and all of a sudden there goes their outfield depth chart. And not to say Michael Taylor's a bum or anything. I no. understand he's got a he's got a high star. This kind of pushes his timetable up a little bit. I think in an ideal world, they would have sent him back down 
And I mean, he's going to take over for this is Span's walk year after this year. So it's Taylor's job in 2016. So he gets a little earlier audition than they had planned. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Uh, going to just be something that he gets thrust into the situation. Now, hopefully he can handle it. I feel like he can at least adequately enough to be a fantasy asset. So let's see how that works out for Michael Taylor. Uh, on the pitching side, staying in that same division, Mike Miner is going to visit Dr. James Andrews. Obviously, he's associated with elbows and Tommy John, but this is for the shoulder. No matter what, it's never good. This guy's stock was already uh, had already taken a hit after last year. I'm already on record saying not interested this year. This just continues to further cement that because um, he's not that special anyway. And so I can't afford to take an injury risk with him. How do you feel about Mike Miner now that he's got so, this looming shoulder injury? Dropping him from the draft list. I mean, I had some slight intrigue in him, but he missed camp, missed time with camp with a shoulder problem last year. Started the season on the disabled list, didn't come back to May. Ended the season with shoulder issues, didn't go to the disabled list because of September and nobody does. And now we're back to another shoulder issue. I, I don't need let somebody else take the uh, let somebody else take a dollar flyer. Not me. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and then another injury, unfortunately, is uh, Lan this one's a little bit brighter though because Lance Lynn does have a hip flexor, but he suggests that it will not be an issue. And I guess when the player suggests it, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I actually spoke with Doug Thorburn about this exact thing um, on, on on a different podcast. I was committing more poddultery on you, um, with, Damn you. With, with the Rotowire podcast, and he said that you know it's it's probably not going to be too big of a deal. Now I'll tell you what, that news didn't break until um, earlier today, right, or late yeah. yesterday. Yeah, no, I, it was just it was just this afternoon, I believe. Okay, good. So I mean, but he he only went for eight dollars in NL labor before the news broke. Isn't that crazy? He's already a tremendous. I mean, to me, I, I think we were trying. I think you were flying during this time. Yeah. But I'm like, to me, if I'm in the room, I'm saying I'm throwing it out. Lance Lynn, ten dollars. Let's go. Right. And he only goes for eight. I was like, wow. And that, that was we'll talk about this team later. But I, I love the pitching staff that he ended up on here. But that's I thought it was one of the best buys of NL labor. I, I couldn't believe it. And, and unless I missed something, I saw I only saw the news this afternoon. So maybe maybe there was some uh, knowledge about it going into last night. But as far as I knew, it was on it was atop the news feed this morning uh, or, or I should say early afternoon. So. That, that's what I'm going off of. Like I said, Anderson Alvarez went for six bucks. I mean, there's a what a, a 80 strikeout difference between those two guys. Uh, and and there could just be a big difference in ERA too because they both put up something in like the two seven six range. And I think Lynn has a much better chance to keep it than Alvarez. I've, I've, I'm a known non-Alvarez guy though, so uh, and a known Lynn guy. So I guess the, those two things play in. But uh, I, I'm not too concerned about this at least yet. We'll see if more comes out. Like you said, you don't blindly trust the player. But I'm I'm going to lean toward this as saying, now nah, I'm fine with it. I'll take the discount that comes along with it. John Lackey, $9. Lance Lynn, $8. Yeah, I don't get that. Explain. And then maybe there was some auction dynamics, but I don't get that. And I and I even like Lackey, but I like Lackey because he costs nothing. That's not nothing. Correct. So maybe there got to be a bidding war, and, and Derek really wanted him. That, that was Derek Cardi's pick. I don't know, but uh, I, I can't be putting Lackey ahead of Lynn. So good, good, good on that. Maybe maybe the knowledge was out there yesterday. Maybe maybe we have it wrong. It, they, people on Twitter can let us know. Um we're going to get a U Darvish plan coming out on Wednesday, but I think everyone is pretty much resigned themselves to it being the worst of it, which is Tommy John's surgery. Is there any redraft situation where you're taking him? I know Tristan Cockroft got him for a buck might as well, because it doesn't really hurt him or how, you know, it's, it's kind of whatever, but how, how do you feel? What, what kind of league would you even do that dollar thing? If it wasn't a keeper league, uh, if it wasn't a keeper league, I wouldn't at all. Yeah, I expect Wednesday they're going to announce surgery on Wednesday. I don't see any other out possible outcome for this. And if I'm in a if I'm in a, a keeper league, and I'm going to my auction this weekend, next weekend, um, I'll you know I'll throw up to five bucks on him and then bow out. Yeah, that, 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 I mean it doesn't matter how good he was. You just can't go crazy with that. I know when Wainwright uh, had his, obviously it was before the season, so I went into an NL-only auction, and he only ended up going for $4. And, you know, he has a, a strong enough track record that 
you could consider him an ace when that happened. He had been coming off a 20 win, 242 ERA season. And yes, I'm citing wins because this is a fantasy podcast. So, you know, for the season that he was coming off of, and he only went for four. What's uh, Darvish did not go uh, and have that kind of a season. And now he's going under. I can't I can't get higher than five at all, and I, I'm just not dealing with it because I don't I don't play for the the next year really in any league unless your team is decimated, and I mean it has to be decimated. Otherwise, you play for the year ahead. Right, and I'm saying when I say you know four five bucks, I'm talking about mixed league and in an AL uh, AL only. I'm not even I'm not trying it. I'm not wasting five dollars. Yeah, because then you have, have to replace it play too. For the now. Right, exactly. Uh, I so, can replace him in a mixed league, and a mixed league bench is nothing to replace him. Exactly. In an AL only, a little different. Who even knows what you're going to get? Because who even knows what the what the Rangers are going to be able to replace him with? And then the last bit of news is some uh, potential trade interest. Uh, the O's are kind of keeping an eye on Ryan Howard. At least that's that that that's the, the direct quote with keeping an eye in quotes. So they're just. I, I guess want to be alert of what, what's going on there. Maybe they feel like they can use him. I don't understand where he fits in with them, though. Would he be just a straight DH? What's that do to, like, Steven Pierce at that point? I, I feel like that would be bad news for the guys they have. And I actually like a bunch of those guys, like uh, Travis Snyder. Uh, Pierce is one of his prices and too crazy I like. Uh, Deaza I like. So, honestly, any of this would, would kind of tee me off uh, as somebody who's liking these next le- uh, these second-level Oriole guys. To me, it sounds like the news a team floats out there to try to generate some interest. It, it doesn't make sense. I, I agree with you. It doesn't really line up uh, to, to where their team is. I mean, they, they're a team that likes to play uh, platoons and look at the matchups. And, you know, I don't – it doesn't work. It, it doesn't fit with them. No, it's two lefties, Davis and, and Howard. And, and you know, maybe he platoons with Pierce, but I think they've got um... – they could, who, who am I thinking of that they could have there? Because I, oh, the Pierce, the Pierce uh, Snyder platoon works, and then you can get Delman Young in there uh, against lefties at, for DH. Send Pierce out to the outfield. So yeah, that's what they're going to do against lefties. I just I don't see a, a necessary need. I would I would be more apt to let Pierce play every day than to try to work some sort of platoon with Ryan freaking Howard. So um, I'm not putting too much stock into that, but we'll see where it goes. I just wanted to mention it since it was up near the top of the news. Let's go ahead and do uh, dive into our labor recaps. By the way, for those looking for the positional previews, we will continue those. Jason and I will pick up with ours next Sunday, but we're going to do the labor recaps since I got to be at one. And of course, uh, they're just kind of the big thing in the industry right now. So let's start with the AL, the one I got to be a fly on the wall. I was running the board. It was terrifying. I messed up the very first player because I had no idea how to work RT sports. So I was starting in a deficit and then frantically trying to get out of that hole. And once I did, it became a lot of fun. And, and Jason, I know that you have experience with this, being AL uh-huh. out. The pace, nothing can prepare you for that pace. There is no home league. I'm sorry, no matter how great and cool your home league is, nothing can prepare you for this pace of auction. And it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, Brian is a great auctioneer. The thing that, you know, the pace would be even more frantic if people didn't throw out guys at one freaking dollar. Dude, it right? drives me nuts. Mike Trout, one dollar. Not happening. You, I mean, and it happened all throughout. I think Moyer is one of the best at it. You know, Moyer and I are in AL together, and we both do the same thing. I'm like, you know, if I'm throwing Trout out, I'll say, you know, Trout, 36 bucks. You know, at least get up there and throw them out at something you'll be willing to pay in case you miss some news. You know, all of a sudden you're like, Wait, I just threw Darvish out of 15. What happened? Exactly. Wait, what? So, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But it just drives me crazy, man. Every time, if you're in an auction with me, and, and this goes for the new home league, if any of you are listening, this is how I bid. <laughs> I'm, I'm if, I, if that guy's out there, I'm throwing out. I'm throwing them out at near value. I'm the same way. I throw guys out at, at high when we're talking about the star level, and I bump up the stars because I don't have time for that. Don't give me – I don't care if he's you know, falling down a little bit. You're not getting Robinson Cano for three bucks. So well, here's the other thing. It doesn't – Right. Well, the thing is, you also don't want to give your your competition time to think about it. Exactly. You know what you're willing to pay for. It's a great it's a great auction tactic, especially early. I, I cannot recommend it enough in in keeper leagues that have high inflation. I you you'll go back and look at some of the if you have your draft history, go back and look at some of those previous auctions, look at some of those early buys because I bet you they're bargains, because people don't properly properly factor in inflation. 
It doesn't happen in expert league, doesn't happen in reset leagues, but it's still a good strategy there because it doesn't give other people time to think. It just okay. You gotta throw that guy out. Crap! Can I afford him? What if I move? You know, you're trying to get it going, and if you if you've got a an auctioneer who's doing their job, you put out a big bid. He'll give it a few seconds, and he'll start counting. So you have about five seconds to factor in your decision, and that's why I like doing it. No, I think you make a great point with regard to putting some pressure on on the rest of the table. You know, don't give them a chance to think about it when it's going from one to 20 on a star player because you know that it's going no less than 25. So let's bump it up. I I noticed Chris List doing a lot of that, and we'll talk more about him in detail. Uh, You're actually doing a a nice breakdown of the the AL labor. So I kind of wanted to go based on your article. For those that want to read it, I will link it. It is at Rotowire. But uh, it will be free, too. It will be free to read, and it will be up. Once DVR puts it up, I'll I'll make sure to link to it. But let's kind of go down some of the – some of the things that you notice. Let's start with the the first headline there. You put "Be ready to pay for hitting," and that was no joke. Um, they came out firing with the money, and you know part of it is going to tie in to the to the pitching because um, with the with the mass clearing out of pitching in the American League with Scherzer, Shields, and Lester all going to the NL plus Tanaka and you, uh, Darvish, especially being worth essentially being worthless yep. because uh, even Tanaka at 15 bucks, that's nowhere near where he would go if he was healthy. He'd go at least $10 more, maybe even $15 more. So that cleared up so much money and it seemed to really go into hitting and some of the second tier starters. But let's talk about the hitting first. What did you find different there compared to a Rotowire draft? So, you know, at the, using the Rotowire projections, 10 AL players were projected to earn uh, 30 or more dollars. Trout, Cabrera, Abreu, Bautista, Jones, Encarnacion, Altuve, Hernandez, Brantley, and Donaldson. 14 went for at least $30 in the draft. The 10 aforementioned names, plus Robinson Cano, plus Hanley Ramirez, plus Jacoby Ellsbury somehow, wow. and then Prince Fielder. I mean, when you look at it, Ellsbury's we've we've railed on Ellsbury. I think is somebody accuses us of railing on him every week. Here it is again. <laughs> I mean the, the the health history here. I can't pay that. I cannot. I can't justify the bid. I can't. Uh, Robinson Cano, fine. I mean, I'm fine. Hanley Ramirez, obviously, people are sold into the the bulked up. If you haven't seen, I linked to it in the article. He's put on some serious uh, bulk like to his beast. frame. Yeah, he looks freaking huge. Prince Fielder only went. Three dollars fewer than last year. Wait, he was thirty-three as a healthy fielder. Thirty coming off major freaking surgery. No, don't could, get it at all. I could not believe it. That was my craziest one uh, of the night, really. And I actually love Fielder coming into the season, but part of that love is tied to the fact that he's going to be under underpriced from what a healthy fielder should be. So the room said, "Uh-uh, you're paying essentially full freight on him." Like you said, just three fewer dollars than last year when he went out and not only had the neck issue, but he also sucked when he did play. And obviously, you can tie it all into the neck, but we don't know that it's automatically going to go away. So I thought that was crazy. I mean. You know, if you want that guy and you want to pay it, okay. But for me, it would have been a little too much. I would have backed off and gone elsewhere. Let's talk about your next topic that you noticed. Pitching was, you know, this guy's this ties in. So pitching wasn't cheap either. And again, the money that was taken out with three aces or, or four aces and four and a half aces, I would say. And again, that's Scherzer, Shields, Lester going to the NL, Darvish being worthless. He was out for a dollar early, and then Tanaka at half price. That's a lot of money to go around. It went into those hitters as well as some pitchers. Talk to me about what you saw there. Yeah, I really did because uh, six pitchers were projected to earn 20. Uh, King Felix, Sale, Price, Kluber, Holland, and Batances. So four starters and two closers, and we ended up with nine pitchers that ended up uh, going for at least $20. So we add in the two kids, Stroman and Carrasco. We add in Alex Cobb. We added Iwakuma gets up there. So there's your... That's where the extra uh, the extra beef comes from, and then somebody had to drop. If we added four names and dropped three, oh, Batanzas didn't even make the he didn't yeah. make it. Batanzas went nineteen dollars. Yeah, I think he was nineteen. He so, went nineteen in this one. So that was, I mean, for me, it, Stroman and Carrasco go back to the uh, go back to the tax article we talked about last week. That's tax. I, I mean, I love both those guys. I can't pay twenty dollars for them. The track record's not there yet. You're not. There's no there's no value there, and, and not it's not like. These guys went later. It wasn't auction dynamics. 
Cobb, Carrasco, and Stroman all were in the top 50 nominations. Cobb went 23, and you and I love Cobb just about more than his parents. And I, I can't pay the price. No, and that that that's that's where the ace money went. Those three guys that left, um, and Darvish being down, their money went into that little tier there, and, and of three guys that I absolutely love. And if I'd been in that league, I would have been so bummed because I would have definitely wanted to come out with at least one of those guys, if not two. But I wouldn't want to pay 40 upwards of 43 to do so. I just I couldn't have done it so i would have moved along as well and that's where you see the dynamic change so the, for those of you that play in al only you're gonna see this at your table you you better be prepared for it conversely at least to my eyes i thought kluber was almost a bargain at that point because he was only 25 bucks so when you're comparing him for 25 to cobb for 23 it was kluber all day for me even with you know let, let me fully admit that I'm, I'm a kluber head all the way back to last year of course but um you know, even without that that bias in there, just the fact that he was only 25 by comparison, I'm taking that all day long. Absolutely, absolutely. It was just, it was crazy to see how that money. I thought people would say, okay, we've got this exodus of pitching. Let's you know, let's go for the hitting because we lost all these safe guys for the most part. You know, especially a guy like Shields and Lester who have been money mm -hmm. uh, as far as going out there. Okay, we're losing those guys. Let's just go throw it in the hitting. No, this pitching got inflated. When you look at some of the other prices, I just I can't believe the two kids went for twenty bucks. No, I, I couldn't either, and it, it's really saying that you know next time I hear them called the sleeper, I'm going to punch somebody right in the neck, and 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 worse yet, they're not the next Kluber either. Kluber was going in like the fifties of starting pitchers off the board last year, sometimes even later than that. These guys are 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 being treated as already having been proven, so they 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 can't be the next Kluber, even if you're not predicting them to win the AL Cy Young. So please stop saying that. Just everyone. Stop. We talked about this, and we talked a couple of weeks ago. We you know Danny Salazar last year going for eighteen dollars, mm -hmm. coming off that. Yeah, you know, yes, Stroman and Carrasco have a little more sample size than Stroman to, than uh, than Salazar does, but this feels a lot like that. It really does. Oh, I mean, no. for for those guys to earn twenty dollars. I mean, you've got to win 15 games. You've got to, you know, can either of these guys make it to a, a, over 180 innings? Because that's what they have to pitch. And Carrasco doesn't really have that workload history, and Stroman certainly doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I can't be hypocritical and come out of last year's drafts, uh, you know, getting after the the Waka pick and, and the Salazar saying that you took the chance out of them to really offer a profit. They actually have to perform now to earn it and then turn around and say that these are okay because it is the same situation. Even if I have a little bit more confidence in these guys, it, they still have to go out there and absolutely perform. We've, we've never really seen Carrasco hold mechanics and, and command and control for a whole year. And Stroman is really just getting started. So as much as I like them, if these are going to be the going rates, then I'm going to come up pretty skunked on both of them. Let's talk mm -hmm. about let's talk about closers. You notice that the top tier uh, went went for some high dollars, but basically you had to pay for saves if you wanted to get them anywhere. What'd you see? You know, the thing is, you had to do that because we have four bullpen situations unsettled in the American League. Oakland, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Houston. And, you know, some people were making it. I heard it on the, during the broadcast trying to make the fact that the Yankees situation is not settled. And possibly, you know, I don't buy that for a I, second. I don't either. Uh, I, I don't I, buy that a second. But you still have four. Compare that to the National League where there's pretty much one at this point. So if you want to pay, if you wanted to bank your save, you had to pay for them. Closers weren't coming at a discount. Because there were only 11 full-time closers a draft, and of the 11, there's only three that you could really be like, "Yay, I own this guy!" Yeah, Holland, Batances, and Robertson. That's the, that's the top tier. Because with with McGee hurt, he's out of that tier. With Doolittle hurt, he's out of that tier. And that's and that's where we're at. Do you, I mean, how much can you trust Fernando Rodney? Glenn Perkins coming back off injury. Koji Uehara wore down last year. He's five thousand years old. Yeah, you're, There's you're, a lot of uncertainty there. So if you want to pay for if you want saves, you're either going to have to pay for them or punt them. Now, last year in the NL, I believe four teams ended up punting saves, which kind of played with factor. But I truly believe this was just a matter of four of the fifteen jobs being unsettled. And not only that, it. it 
if you're going to punt, you literally have to punt. You can't even try to dip your hand in these unsettled markets because even they were expensive. There were two double-digit guys in, in, in two of the unsettled pens. Tyler Clippard and Jake McGee each went for 10 bucks, And then Doolittle and Boxberger go at 8 and 7 apiece. Aaron Sanchez for 8 So you were, you were still spending some pretty decent coin even on the unsettled situations. Uh, the only real cheap place that you could go was Houston. And uh, it was Gregerson for 6 Qualls for 4 Fields for 3 and Nishek for two. So I guess you could go in there, but then in that case, you're still in the Houston bullpen. And even though I expect them to be better this year, or, or at least as, you know, whatever passable as they were last year, that's still mm-hmm. not going to be ripe with save opportunities. So right. AL only, you better be ready to pay. Uh, so what I would suggest then is you, if you're going to back off of the upper tier of starting pitching, spend it on your closers at that point. I wouldn't even be a, averse to going out and, and doing what they're calling, you know, drowning the pool and getting two of those top three and then kind of almost punting starters to the point where I'll, I'll just work in the middle to back end tiers of starters with Holland and Batanzas setting me up for my pitching ratios and my strikeouts. That, that's something mm-hmm. that I would consider for sure. All right, let's talk steals because it's, that's the other category that you know is usually something that do you want to pay for it or do you can you get it on the cheap? And you found that maybe you can actually get it on the cheap. If everything else that we've been talking about is going for money, something has to come up cheap, and it looks like it's stolen bases. All right, something has to. Now, if you would, can we agree that if a guy steals twenty-five bases in this day and age, he's going to earn at least ten dollars in, in the only league, right? There, there's almost no. I mean, he'd have to hit so poorly that he. I can't even imagine him getting the chances to cancel that out. Twenty-five is about set. Right. So we have Jared Dyson projected to steal uh, thirty-eight, goes for nine dollars. We have Everth Cabrera projected to steal twenty-nine, goes for five. Our boys. We have Jose Ramirez. Him, Jose Ramirez projected twenty-five, goes for eight. Then you've got Bonifacio projected for 27, goes for 10. I mean, there's four guys right there. It's crazy. And they may have they may have some, uh, you know, um, Cabrera and Bonifacio are going to have multi-position flexibility. But, I mean, those guys, those guys, which even Dalton Pompey with all the hype he has was $11. He's projected to steal 30. Rajai Davis, we've talked about him before. That's $12. He's projected to steal 30. So, you know, Elvis Andrews, a shortstop, different position. Same stolen base total as Rajah Davis, and yet Andres goes $8 more than Davis. I'd rather pocket the $8 profit, take Davis, and go find uh, you know, Jose Ramirez. I could have Rajah Davis and Jose Ramirez. For the same price. For the same price as Elvis Andrews. I could have Rajah Davis, Everett Cabrera, and some money to go get something to drink. I loved Eno's Cabrera buy. I, I, I really pushed him on, on trying. I'm not, I'm not saying I influenced it uh, or that he did it because, but I, I was talking him up the whole time when we were talking over some of his targets. I was saying, Everett Cabrera, I think he's going to have that job. And I think he could come cheaply because people still aren't fully acclimated to the fact that he's on Baltimore. And so he got him for five bucks. I think he had budgeted as high as eight bucks. So he took the discount there happily. Like you said, if everything's kind of going overpriced, or or at least at market, something has to come up cheaper, and it turned out to be stolen bases because it sure as heck wasn't power. What did nope. you see with regards to the power costing you quite a bit this year? I mean, we looked at again using the projections. We found 18 players hit at least 25 home runs, and there's only two of them came under twenty dollars, and it was to share in McCann. Because of the and McCann barely missed it. He came in at nineteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So Teixeira, if you want cheap power, Mark Teixeira is your man because he's your only man. <laughs> even if we even if we looked even if we looked at the lowering that threshold to twenty home runs, we have we only had eight players that went for under twenty dollars. The two aforementioned Yankees, Jonathan Singleton, who's having a really good spring from all reports, Jonathan Scope, Colby Rasmus, Matt Weeders, our our our, uh, our boy Mike Zanino, our, <laughs> our boy in air quotes. Pinata. <laughs> Carlos Beltran, uh, Oswaldo Garcia, and Mike Napoli. That's it. Those are those are your guys that are projected to hit 20 home runs that came for uh, under $20 uh, in the auction. So power, again, like the other areas, this is where that money went. The money that went away from the really big big pitching went here too. Yeah, that that oh god. And I mean, it makes sense. Power is is kind of what 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 drives offense there. But there weren't a lot of names on that on that list. Uh, when you lower the threshold that I actually love. The last two I do love, Oswaldo Garcia and Mike Napoli. So I guess that's where I'm going to try to be targeting because 
I don't know, you know, Singleton, Scope, Rasmus, Weider, Zanino, Belchan, they've all got big questions, whether it's health, playing time, actual skill development. Um, they've all got at least one big question mark, if not multiple. So uh, you're going to have to be be careful or just pony up for the power up front with the real big guys with, you know, with your Trouts, Cabreras, Abreus, uh, Pujols types, those guys, so that you don't have to worry about it so much in the end game. But of course, you need more than one guy too. So you, you're just going to have to be prepared to spend and honestly it really just focuses more on the strategy i'm talking about where you kind of back off the upper tier starting pitching make sure your power base and your save base are covered and then fill in around that i think that would have been a good strategy let's talk a bit about some of the uh the individual why don't you give me a couple purchases that that you really liked you've already alluded to a couple but why don't you give me maybe your top three purchases that you really liked that you saw out of this auction um Real like I, Alan Craig, the ranch going for five bucks. It's great, you know. Up. That's really nice. I, I really like that price. Um, at that, there was a couple others that stood out. I'm trying to think. Um, you know, Verlander at eleven bucks, coming off a of disc. I think that's a nice little discount uh, for the grab. Um, and I thought, there was a couple. Go ahead. Honestly, I, I thought that he might have gone higher because he was coming off of good news Saturday afternoon. Right. I believe that's when he pitched. And I, I know that these guys, you know, they don't, they're not going to be reacting to every whim of spring training. So I'm not suggesting that there's some noobs out there. But I just thought that, you know, a lot of people just want to kind of see a little something to, to feel good about. Uh, and I would have thought that that would have pushed him up. Maybe it did. Maybe he would have gone nine without that. But I, I know that at 11, I really liked it. Let me give you a couple of mine while, if, in case you're thinking of another one maybe. Go I really ahead. like Hughes. Hughes at 13. I've been beating hit the drum mm -hmm. for him for a while. I thought Chris Liss made a good pickup there. I think we could, you know, at the worst, maybe see something close to a repeat. Not of the walk rate, 2%. That's not going to happen again. But, you know, something like a 350 ERA and a 120 whip. I'll take that. I think that's on the – that's kind of the floor maybe. I, I, I don't really see him getting his face caved in. I'm – I'm pretty excited about him this year. Um, another guy I liked, well, actually I liked until the news. This was news we didn't cover, the oblique strain about Josh Reddick. I liked him yeah. at eight, eight bucks until that news came out, so scratch that one off the list. But uh, our boy Drew Hutchison uh, went to our boy Eno Saris for nine bucks. That was you know, that was, that was already foretold. We knew he was going to, you know, we just needed to know how much. And for nine bucks, I liked it. And then my favorite overall buy, the one I've been going crazy about, I texted you just freaking out about it. Jeff Samarja at 18 bucks was unbelievable to me, especially when you juxtapose it against the Carrasco, Cobb, and Stroman trio um, and, and throwing Iwakuma for a quartet. I just couldn't believe that Samarja got out of there for 18 bucks. I really love that one from Tim Heaney. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were several good pitching buys. I mean, it gives somebody... I know what my pitching plan is for Tout Wars already. And, and looking at the prices that, that came out of this one, I hope, though, and they typically are in the ballpark. So I feel more, uh, I feel, you know, pretty happy about where my plans are mm -hmm. because I have options A, B, and if these prices hold up, A, B, and C. Very Usually nice. I have like a, a bucket of eight guys and I want, like, I want five of those eight. And last year I ended up grabbing, I'm trying to think my last, it was Trevor Bauer. And I, maybe it was, it was Hellickson and Bauer were my last $2 buys. Cause I got snaked on Carrasco by a dollar late, Ooh. but those were, those were my, and that was it after that list. I didn't have anything. Uh, so when I look at it now, I'm like, okay, you know, I feel a little better about this. So I, I'd like the pitching offensively. You know, this does make me want to revisit where I was thinking offensively because, uh, you know, some of these, the way that the money was distributed, I don't think much is going to change between now and Tout Wars next weekend. No. Uh, as far as news-wise, nobody else is coming into the league. So, you know, this you kind of have to look at these off these prices, and I would expect, you know, I would expect uh, probably 12 or 13 $30 players coming out of towers. It's going to be interesting to see how, if the backstops play out the same way because there was a lot of money invested. Perry Van Hook spent $45 on his two catchers, Gaddis and Gomes, and I get it. I'm not I'm not knocking it at all. McCann, 19, uh, and that's Brian because James did go to Colton and Wolfman. They, they went the $2 catchers because they saw that the prices were, were pretty dang high. Um, Schechter had two double-digit catchers. Eno was a dollar away from having the same he had to pay eight uh nine for Ionetta and 15 for russell martin zanino went 13 jaso went 11 salvador perez 18 so catching 
was not cheap unless you really wanted to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Tristan Cockroft got off cheap for three bucks as well, but he went Christian Vasquez and J.R. Murphy. Of course, J.R. Murphy is a placeholder because Stephen Vogt uh, will qualify maybe in week one, but no no later than week two. You only need five right. starts in season, so he'll flip him there, and then all he has to do is fill in a utility because of the way he built his team. So that was smart of him. That was actually a strategy that Eno uh, and I had discussed. He was considering that. He was going to do the same kind of thing with the scrub cat. So uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of backstops you come away with. And then one, one last question I want to ask you before we move on to the NL. What do you think of Colton and Wolfman's uh, pitching staff here? Because they went with the nobody over uh, you know, a certain threshold. They're probably – I don't know if they set it at 15 or something, but they, their most expensive starter was 13, Chris Tillman, and their most expensive pitcher was just 16, uh, Houston Street. Every other team – uh, had at least uh, a pitcher above that threshold, above the $15. And most had at least one guy above 20 or very, very close. Sonny Gray and Dylan Batances at 19 apiece were atop a couple other rotations. So most teams had at least a couple guys above 15, um, and most teams had at least one guy over 20. What did you think of their they, strategy? They went 195 and 65 with their split, with their final split. And I look at it, the overall league split was 70-30, by the way. Okay. Uh, it was 69-4 and 31-6, or something like that. Uh, no, 61-6 and 30, uh, 31-9. Forget my math, whatever. It's 70-30. Trust me, folks. Um, when I look at when I look at it, I, I like the Tillman buy. I like the Porcello buy. I like the Keiko buy. I like the House buy. You know, Gallardo at four bucks. You, you, you know, can't terribly go wrong there. Um, I don't know. And, and Tropiano was a nice $1 snag late. I don't know what Bundy's going to bring. And, you know, saves Houston Street should get his as long as he stays healthy. And we talked about the Houston situation. That could go anywhere. I, I mean, like I, I, bought, I bought Qualls. I like him. I bought him at a buck last year in Towers. It, yeah. it worked out. It worked out for me before I cut him yep. because I, you know, it was one of these things where he was got hurt. He was stinking. And then he came back and somebody else. Somebody else got the the uh, reap those benefits, even though I spent all preseason saying Qualls was going to lead that I team in saves, say, and he did. We're beating that drum all. <laughs> I got on that same train with you, and we were we were all over that, and all of a sudden, look what happened. Uh, you you had oh. it, and it didn't even work. That's the I hate when that happens. You See, know. This is why I have you as a teammate in, in, in labor because my in roster management is crap. <laughs> in season, I, I I kill my own drafts. Uh, so, but I mean this. I'm a, I'm a little worried they don't have enough strikeouts. That's really where it's going to hurt. That's I think great. ratios will be fine, but, man, that team's light on strikeouts. Well, but Colton and Wolfman, um, with, with First Lady Stacey Stern helping them out, they are great in-season managers, though. So I don't yes, think they're they going to have they're very any good issues. They know what they're doing. They're probably already thinking about three steps. They already know what they're going to do on June 15th when they're going to trade off a couple guys and, and address those strikeouts because you know that they know of their top three of Tillman, Porcello, and Keuchel do not miss bats at the level they need. So they'll end up with like a Samarja on their roster or something at some point. I, I, I have faith in them. So you what? they got plenty of power to flip around. Exactly. If, if Jesus Montero breaks – Oh, then breaks then they, for them at a dollar. That was a sweet buy at the end of the draft. Although I thought he only qualified a utility. I guess the rules are different for labor. Well, he, he well, they would, have Chris Davis. They could have. The, I mean, yeah. Um, actually, we discussed that. Um, I couldn't edit rosters in draft, but since okay. they did have a fix, we didn't do it. We didn't worry about it. Okay. So, uh, right. It was kind of something I announced to the room saying, yeah, Montero is only utility for us tonight, but since they've got it, just switch it in your brain. Cause uh, I mean, if Montero good. breaks, if Cano hits a few more Santana Morales, eh, even Davis could Cespedes. has a bounce back. Cespedes. Um, I, I love mean, it. It's it's feast or famine. Mean, they've got guys like James Jones, and um, you know, and they paid the thirty three for Ellsbury, which I've already said I don't like. Um, man, but they're Yankee guys; they're gonna do that. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be the end season. I, I, this is not the best Colton the Wolfman draft. This is good, but not a really good. Like when they left Tout Wars last year, I was like, damn, that's a good team, and damn, it was a good team. <laughs> I, I can't wait to watch them manage this in season. It was great uh, actually meeting them, too. And they got my boy, Joanna Cespedes, who's going to go win the AL MVP, so they'll be fine. Let's talk some senior circuit, um, and let's dive in. You haven't written, a, uh, you haven't done a write-up on this one, though, so we're going to no. kind of go freeform here. And I thought this draft was much different because you could see clear strategies from every team almost, 
uh, that they that they operated with. You know, they really went in with different and they're they're really diverse strategies. It's really interesting because in the AL, it seemed like kind of everyone had to do what the room was telling them. Uh, Chris List to the extreme, obviously, but no, there weren't <laughs> too many set plans. Like you didn't see a bunch of stars and scrubs, or you didn't see anybody like really punt anything you know there wasn't things like that in the nl there definitely was you know we could see that uh derek van riper was going stars and scrubs on his offense always does you know we could see that doug dennis he wasn't quite going labradini plan which is the nine one dollar pitchers but boy did he go low on his pitching and actually let's go ahead and start there because and i'm mad at doug too i'm glad we're starting here he does not have a single guy on his pitching staff over eight bucks and his two eight dollar guys are both of his closers addison reed and k-rod which i like for a combined 16 bucks but then his starters the rest of the way are six dollars or lower carlos martinez tanner roark opening day starter josh Comenter, anthony descofani steven Motts, a prospect for the mets uh, and then two middle relievers pedro strope and nick vincent at a buck a piece so how did you feel about Doug's uh, pitching staff and his team as a whole? Because obviously he he's trying to make up for an offense. So do you think it worked out for him? Doug paid – I had a bet with Mike Gianella that Doug was going to pay $27 for his pitching staff. <laughs> Before the draft started, Doug paid $28. So I owe Mike Screw a beer, you. and I'm mad at Doug because he spent the $6 on Carlos Martinez. And I thought I was going to get – I was off by $1 because that's how much I know how Doug drafts. That's really uh, when, you're in, when you're in a draft like this with this guy, and he and – he, I haven't really paid attention to where he is in the standings. He's won these leagues in the past. He, he won uh, one with the with the nine one dollars. Yeah, I mean, so he's done these things. So and he goes out there. He knows, you know, he knows his targets. I mean, you look at his staff. He picked up two closers in K. Rod and Reed. Not flashy, but good they'll, good buys. They'll get their eight bucks and then some. They'll get their eight bucks. I mean, Carlos Martinez is a wild card. Roark, you know, he's got that's. I mean, Roark's three bucks. You can't go wrong with three bucks. I just don't know where he's going to, you know, where the, he's got the vulture wins from somebody. Yeah. He got an open day starter in Josh Colmenter for $1. Hilariously. Um, in the bullpen. Steven Matz is a wild card. I mean, the, the, he's going to have to flip. He's going to have to go out and flip bats uh, or be extremely active on, on free agent um, bidding early on to try to grab whatever starter becomes available. That's going to have to be one of his ploys. He's got to flip bats, uh, bats for arms because if that he can do well in ratios. But that's going to be it. He's going to be near the bottom in wins. He's going to be near the bottom in strikeouts. And uh, so ratios and saves. So he should do well in three of the five categories. Yeah, and so that's his plan. So then when you look at the offense, it, it is deep, as as you might expect. He's got Salt Lamaki and Bethancourt for a combined 13 bucks. Matt Adams, 19. Brandon Phillips, 16. Jimmy Rollins, 18. Nolan Arenado, 24. Chase Utley, 15. Alonzo at 10. Uh, Alcantara at 9 is his utility. And then his outfielders are Jay Up, Matt Kemp, Carl Crawford, Yasmani Tomas, and Ryan Zimmerman. So he's got flexibility, too. That's the thing that he afforded himself because he doesn't have any bench uh bats right now he went with six with six pitchers so he's mm -hmm. got you know tomas and uh zimmerman that can qualify at the corners alcantara should be a utility knife if, if things work out there so he's got some flexibility i actually hate yasmani tomas after seeing him he is dying viciato part two right down to the that's what i've heard too <laughs> they're both even 24 like right even down to the number. That's how much you could confuse the two. Uh, they're just little portly fellows that when they get a hold of one, it's going to go a long way, but it's just going to be a matter of actually getting a hold of it enough. So I didn't like that purchase at 16, but I do like uh, a lot of his, his batting purchases. I love Arenado at 24, especially juxtaposed against um, – Alvarez at 23 and Harrison at 22. Sorry, Laura, I like your team overall, but the Harrison at 22 is just a little bit too high for me when Arenado went at 24. Um, so I, I, I like his plan. It'll be interesting to see if Doug can pull it off. All right, let's move over to Derek and, and talk about – well, I should specify since there are two Derek's, Derek Cardi and Van Riper. So we'll talk about Van Riper. And I already mentioned that he did a stars and scrubs mostly with his hitting here where he's got one, two – three four guys that are 24 or up ranging with with posey at 24 goldschmidt at 38 puig at 30 and harper at 28 he's got a couple of 11 dollar guys in baez and aoki a 14 dollar ramos and then a bunch of single digit hitters that he took a shot on so he went full stars and scrubs there with his hitting how do you think it panned out with regard to his whole team as well Man, he's got so much power. I mean, Ramos, Posey, Goldschmidt, 
uh, Reynolds if he runs into some Baez, Puig, Harper. I mean, so that's good. nice. That's that's going to be strong. Uh, you know, I love the Alex Guerrero pick late at three bucks. The guy has to make the major leagues. Like the, he has quit. to. He's going to. Yeah, it's up to him. And if not, then you trade him. He's going to have a job somewhere. Exactly. So I love that. That's a great buy late. Um, with him, the rest of them are, are you know low ceiling but uh, high floor types of guys like Denorfi. He's always going to play in the strong side of a platoon. That works out. Uh, Maybe who knows? Side. He's a lefty killer. Right. Oh, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. The the so he's not going to limited at bats, but he should do decent in in where he plays. Exactly. But even with that kind of approach, I mean, he put together a really nice pitching that's staff too with I Hamels, know. Arietta, Wood, Papelbon, Hamel. I guess it was four dollars. That's that's sinful. I know Hamels and every other year guy. I don't care. That's sinful. It really is. I, I I loved his pitching when I, after you see the hitting and the star power that he got to still come out with some star power in his pitching. And yeah, there's mm-hmm. some gambles there with Arietta and Wood, but that's exactly what you do, and you and you balance it with with you know the guys with similar names, Hamels and Hamill. He got both. Casilla. He's got Casilla. He's got Walden. If if something happens with Rosenthal, I mean. And you know how much I hate Papelbon, but at twelve bucks now, is this is this a use it or lose it league? If he goes to Toronto, does does Derek no, lose him? No. Oh, nope. see, so as much as I can't stand that douchebag, Papelbon, not Derek. Derek's not a douchebag. Um, as much as I cannot stand Papel douche, at twelve bucks. Right. That's you know again. It's not bad. He, 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 he earned. He earned it. I mean, we were on his. We were on his case last year, saying no, 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 and he made us look bad. Absolutely. Um, twelve bucks can't go wrong there, especially with you know fourteen. Of, that's a case where fourteen of the fifteen bullpen rolls were situated, and you look at the closer prices in this one. K-Rod really goes for eight, you know, Reed goes for eight, Papelbon 12. I'm just kind of scanning as, as Ch- we're talking Chapman here. Chapman at 21 and um, uh, and Kimbrell Kim- at 20. Kimbrell that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, those are going to happen. But Jan- Jansen at 12 uh, dinged up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, those kind at of 11 things. I thought was great. Hector Rondo. Right. Yep. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, a, a gambit that that Lar Michaels pulled, and he was ready to pull it. He said he planned this weeks ago. He actually told Eno and myself at at a at a ball game on on Thursday when we met up with him. He said, "I'm going to throw Clayton Kershaw with my first throw at 40 bucks and try to freeze the room," and that's exactly what he did. And obviously, he set a threshold at that point about where you know that's where players were going to stop particularly on the pitching side, and he, he kind of set that up. How did you feel that that worked out for him? Because then, obviously, uh, he had to kind of, you know, not skimp because he still got some solid names. I love his Gio Gonzalez at 13, but that put him in a certain spot of what he can spend on his pitching. But I think he, I think he was still able to get some a nice impact uh, offensive bats. How would you like his team? I mean, he – Steve Moyer did that in Tout Wars a couple of years ago. Through – I forgot – and we were in the bubble of the MLB office, and he threw a guy out like that right out the gate, and everybody was like, whoa. And, and he went to him, and uh, and he ended up with a, a good draft. What I did, I mean, more, uh, more, uh, Lars sat back for a long time in this one. I mean, he, yes, did, he, did. he did this last year. He did this last year in Tout Wars, too. I mean, he was the high-money guy for a long time. And, and List did it in AL, uh, in AL labor, too. But List, List bounced back. Awesome. Uh, he was able to grab all the guy. I mean, he, he missed out on his targets, but you look at his final roster, you never would have known that he was sitting out waiting. And, and Lar did the same thing. I'm not as crazy about his offense as you are. I mean, the, I thought the Colton Wong buy was way too strong at $25. Well, that's the problem is that uh, the, the, there's two guys that he bought his main targets. I love Wong and Ozuna, but he paid full price. And I think the whole point of the strategy after you do the Kershaw and sit was to kind of get the, the, the bargains, even if they weren't your targets. And Liss was was just so patient with it um, because he kept getting in on guys. And if they got too high and he wasn't even being so rigorous that, that he wouldn't go a dollar over. I I talked to Chris, he said he was going a dollar or two on some guys Mm -hmm. and the guys I was texting you, I'm like, Oh, he has to get chew now. He has to get Melky now. He was aggressive on them, but when they got too high, he just said, Nope. And he waited, waited, waited. And, and as he titled it in his article, he walked a tightrope and I thought he did a brilliant job. And 
I guess it's because I like the targets that Lara got that I'm still pleased with it. But yeah, he definitely ended up still paying for them, whereas he maybe could have had more balance if he would have passed on a Wong and Ozuna and Harrison and maybe spread that money out a little bit. But I still like I think Harrison. I think Harrison came to a point. I think Harrison came to a point, that if I remember, where it was kind of like, okay, best third baseman left on the board. And he had the jack If to I do remember, it. yeah, and he had the jack to do it, if I, if I remember it correctly. I mean, unless it's Harrison. I think at that point it was Harrison – Aramis Ramirez, I think, were the two were the two uh, best names on the board. I mean, I like Listella for a dollar. I like uh, Kung. I guess that's yep. how he pronounce his last name. I like that for eight dollars. I'm surprised he went that low. Um, and uh, the Scott Van Slyke, given the injury history of that Dodger outfielder, I, I like that. Those are the three guys that I like in his team. Yeah, that's offensively, true. those are the th- only three that I care. I would I would take at their current prices. I, I'm 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 I like Brandon Crawford. I'm actually pretty high on him. So eight dollars is probably full price, but I I would have paid it too. I, I'm I'm a fan. On his pitching side, he got McCarthy at fourteen, Fires at thirteen, and Geo at thirteen. I thought the Geo was an absolute thievery. And mm-hmm. even if McCarthy and Fires were, uh, you know, either at cost or a buck over, he more than saved up for it with Geo. So I thought he did a good job there. I like his team. Overall, I'll be interested to see how he manages it in season. My Let's issue see. with him, my issue before we jump, my issue with him, he's light on saves, he's light on power, and he's light on steals. That's true, especially the power. I guess I didn't notice because Norris uh, is really his only, you know, big power. Oh, no, Norris and Ozuna. And then he needs basically what a big part of his offense hinges on Jock Peterson kind of hitting the ground running. Right. He needs yep. him to come out and be a stud. And then if he's got these these power speed studs like Colton and uh, Colton Wong and Jock Peterson, maybe he can flip one to kind of shore himself up a little bit since he's not getting an overwhelming steel guy or an overwhelming power guy. Let's go over to the the defending champion Lenny Melnick. He went with. Eight or excuse me, nine one dollar guys. How did you like his strategy overall? He always who was this last one dollar guy? The last picture. Oh, it's um, it's it's Raphael Soriano. If you hit refresh, it should be up there because they, they 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 hadn't updated it, and now all of his, his whole team is in there. Rizal Iglesias, Jason Mott, and Raphael. Oh, I Soriano. see now. Okay, wow. All right. Um, that's a Lenny team. That's what he does. He he will spend. He's not. He, I've seen him draft as many as twelve one dollar guys before. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I was, he had, when he and um, oh crap, Paul uh, Greco. Oh yeah. When yeah. they used to when they used to be together, they would he, Lenny. They would. It used to be funny watching them. They would argue at <laughs> the auction, and uh, and they'd end up buying all these dollar players. I mean, when you look at it, um, I like I like Belt. I mean, the price is full value. Desmond full. value. Yellow. Hey, where'd you go? There's no profit there. That's the issue. I mean, I like Pollock. That that's loving Pollock. Yelich. He has a very a lot of very strong buys on guys he fully believes in. But you know, if you've ever been in a draft with with Lenny, he is going to buy his outfielders, and he bought five. That's where he likes to put his money. And, uh, and you can tell, 24 on Polacco, 24 on Yelich, 20 on Pollock, 19 on Myers, and three Gomes. And frankly, I think I like Gomes the best of all five <laughs> at, those, at those prices. Absolutely. And I, and I get that because uh, Polanco and Yelich are at full price, so that, that and Pollock, really. Um, Pollock, I thought, was a little bit higher. And as much as I love him, he's he's got to perform now. There, there's no wiggle room for him. And his pitching staff's a mess. I mean, six $1 pitchers. Um, you know, he's got a rookie in Bradley. He's got a fifth starter in Despagna, Familia bullpen. Another rookie in Mott, you don't know what his role is. Soriano, it could be a lottery ticket for him. Sure. Uh, but then on the minor, uh, on his bench, Harang uh, and Wood, Travis Wood, there's only two pitchers that he can stream. And I, frankly, I'm leaving him out of the lineups better than anything else. <laughs> He he unstreams them to, to gain points. Uh, let's shift over, and I'm throwing a wild card on you because I hadn't put this one on the rundown. But let's talk about the NFBC stats team of Greg Ambrosius and Sean Childs, what they did. Uh, they went super hard on speed, 
and then punted batting average. So they got Billy Hamilton and D Gordon at 27 and 26 respectively, and then loaded up on power guys, not caring about their batting average with uh, Yasmani Grandal at 11, Ryan Howard at 15, Pedro Melvin. Alvarez, 23, Melvin, Melvin. at five bucks, <laughs> Curtis Granderson at 11, uh, Mark Trumbo at 20, Chris Bryant at 16 is a, is a gamble that they're, you know, they're going to want, want to pay off. So they had a clear strategy and I found it interesting. Obviously, they're not going to keep both of those speedsters all year, but how do you like this strategy? Because obviously it puts a little bit more work on you in season, but these are two guys that can definitely handle it. Yes, I mean, that's, yeah, definitely. These are two guys that can definitely handle it. I mean, batting average, it's, you have to, you can't let that go too long. I mean, there's a break, there's a, there's a break point for them or a tipping point where they're going to have to make that, address that somewhere because you're right. This, I mean, at best, they, they sit in the middle of the pack batting average. At worst, they're in the basement. But you can't sit around and wait for that. Like I say, mid-July, okay, I guess now I'm going to address batting no, average. You're, really, too many, you're really being in a hole. Too many PAs at that point. You, you, right, but you can they could run out of the gate. I could see them trading one of those speedsters by mid-May mm-hmm. because they could they could have a pretty good lead in, in the, with the speed they have there. And by you know by that point they've traded one of the speedsters and then and then Melvin's back and Melvin is going to try to run when he's on base uh, to try to do what he can do. Melvin. I got to keep. I'm going to say Melvin as many times as I possibly can. I don't. I don't blame you. I really don't. So I mean, that works out well. And when you even then, I I love the pitching staff: Strasburg, Cueto, Wheeler, Fernandez is a lottery ticket at two dollars. You can't go wrong with Heron or Lincecum. I don't care. Egg Dollar Grilly. If Atlanta trades trades Kimbrel, somebody's got to get those saves. Yeah, I, I like I like how that played out for them. That the pitching staff was I actually like their pitching staff better than I like their offense. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. It's not a strategy that I would necessarily employ, mainly because I just don't trust myself to do it to go out there and get the best value on one of those speedsters without getting myself ripped off. Because you know their their trade partners could be like, well, you know. You need us more than we need you at this point. It could get to that point. So uh, I think they'll be able to sell early enough to where somebody will still need that speedster enough to pay them. But for me, it just would be something that I wouldn't want to try to pull off. And then the last one I want, really want to dive into is uh, Eric Carabell's team. I thought he put together a nice squad. But uh, the one little quirk that kind of came out of it is he got four $23 outfielders. And it's just you know kind of a small thing if, if one of those uh, – guys was a dollar more and one was a dollar less we wouldn't have even noticed but the fact that they're all exactly 23 dollars carlos gonzalez jason hayward matt holiday and ben revere that obviously stood out but he really was kind of playing in that threshold uh he also got madison bumgarner at 24 grinky at 21 and then adrian gonzalez at 27 so he was in the in that 20 range getting his star power and then balancing it out he didn't really go with too many cheap guys except a couple of one dollar pitchers at the end otherwise he was really going for depth how do you think the carabelle's team panned out I mean, compare those four outfielders to the four we mentioned for lenny you know polanco yelich pollock myers Compared to Gonzalez, Hayward, Holiday, and Revere, and they and that each quartet went for just about the same total dollar amount. And I would take uh, Carabels all day. Yes, sorry, yeah, I agree. Yes, I just that's where I like how Eric put his team together like that. And Adrian Gonzalez, who we talked about, obviously he wasn't underrated in this room, going for no. twenty-seven dollars. Uh, but you know that's you're not to expect. And then he gets uh, Scooter Jeanette, who I think we have in labor, yes, right? We, we, we have, have in the mix team. Yeah, we have both of those guys. So we really like this team, obviously. Uh, but you know, pitching staff, I think one of the things that we haven't talked about, there's two notes, because I like Eric's team overall, but there's two things. The fact that Madison Bumgarner and Matt Harvey both went for $24, frankly, stunned me. I I, I think Matt Harvey's first spring training outing jacked his value up by $6. 100%. I mean, and Dalton Del Don's a, a very good player. But he spent the $24 on Harvey, and Harvey went for more than Hamels. I think Harvey went for more than he did when he was healthy. <laughs> well, he went for more than Jordan Zimmerman, too. Like $24. Are you surprised that the 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 split – and I, I'm, I'm a known guy who's a little bit down on Bumgarner right now, You know, not just because of the workload, even though Jeff Zimmer, our own Jeff Zimmerman says that that's not going to necessarily be a huge issue based on the numbers that we've seen in the past, but also because of the slider usage. I'm, I'm just a little hesitant on Bumgarner, and I thought he'd be overrated. Well, it turns out he only goes 24. That's a $16 split from Kershaw. That stood out to me, especially because it was 8 bucks behind Scherzer. Did you not expect him to go for a little bit more? I, I thought he would. I mean, when you've got Kershaw at, at 40, Scherzer at 32, 
Strasburg at 27. I thought I thought Bumgarner was going to be right there, right there around Strasburg, especially yeah. coming off the year. But I'm, I'm stunned he went. If I was in the room, would have gone 25. Frankly, I would have. I probably would have said 27. If yeah, somebody absolutely. said 26, I wouldn't have really um, had a reach. But that, that was really, and that really stood out to me. I think the not that we had his team mentioned, but I think St- Steve Moyer's pitching staff really needs to be discussed how he was able to put together this pitching staff so and cheap. didn't spend didn't spend more than $14 on any of them. Cishek, Jansen, Tyson Ross, Jacob DeGrom, Lance Lynn, Henderson Alvarez, Kyle Loesch, Jorge De La Rosa, and Brandon Morrow. He spent a total of, um, let's see, 36 14 50 64 70 $72 in that pitching staff. That's unbelievable. Like that's, I mean, it's it's so good, and you're right. It, it didn't need to be brought up. I mean, Lance Lynn at eight bucks was ridiculous. I thought um, Tyson Ross at twelve, and and De, he and Degrom at twelve apiece. That's wow. I was just the I was issue, blown the away. issue with Steve. I love the pitching staff, but he, he's got Denard Span and Hunter Pence in his outfield. It's thirty six bucks. That's going to be burning a hole uh, on his on his bench. That's and he really he's got Derek Dietrich and Kyle Parker as his replacements right now. Um, you know, he's going to have to fab early or make some kind of deal right well, out of the gate. Cause those that's are two not holes it though. Up. That's not all. Jonathan Lucroy at 19 bucks. We still don't know oh, for shit. certain. Just looked up. Yeah. Just everything's going to be good too. with him. And he has the biggest injury risk in the history of the universe. Troy Tulowitz get 28. So, I mean, obviously if the two guys come back healthy and, and get going and Lucroy only misses, you know, a short amount of time, if, 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 if it could really work out, but there it's a high risk situation. So that pitching staff could end up being his leverage to patch up the offense and stay competitive. Right. All right, that's going to wrap us up here. We wanted to cover both labors. Um, I think I think Eno did a fantastic job in the AL, and it's it's not just because he's my boss. Uh, I really liked the the plan that he came up with. He he stuck to his values on a lot of guys there. There were some guys that passed him that he really wanted, but I think the Fangraphs team is going to be represented very well in labor this year. All right. Yeah, uh, should be good. When we come back in a week, I'm not sure what position you and I will do. Our catcher one got cut off because of technology. We we didn't do a Thursday one because we were in Arizona together, so we haven't done first base yet. So I guess he and I will do first base tomorrow, probably do second base on Thursday. So that leaves the shortstops or third base, and we could really go either way on Sunday. So I'll meet up with you on the weekend, and we'll discuss which one of those. But until then, we will talk in about a week. So happy Sounds to good. Take care.